You having a good day yet? I just... I hope that this morning, maybe you're on a maybe you're on a journey that hasn't always been straight towards God, like Jack said, and we can all um, probably all assimilate our life to that in some point of it. But whether you're searching for Jesus, you are you are in a relationship with Jesus. You have no idea who Jesus is. I pray that today it becomes completely and absolutely, totally clear how much He loves you. Period. A lot of people that showed up today, maybe they heard, they maybe listened to last week's sermon, and they said, I, I said that I wasn't going to be preaching a long sermon, and poof, we have lots of people. Um, but actually, there's going to be 15 people this morning sharing with you. And I want to I share with you a little bit about this. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, and we have some stuff, just to go over really quick, if you have your worship handout, because um, I'm going to let them speak, I want you to see the hearts of these people. And I want you to catch something. We have, we have college-age students that you're going to hear from that have, we, that have ministered on three different continents of this world. <laughs> Isn't that what it's about? We have kids that have went to camp that they encountered Jesus, and not maybe for the first time, but God got a hold of them. And I can't wait for you to hear their story. If you turn, if you're turning your worship hand out all the way, open to the right hand side. Christian Family Day is going to be at Ninth Street this year. We are going to have a booth at Connection. There's a sign up page out there, or you can talk with Ken Jane. Uh, there's some time slots that we just want some people to man the booth, so you can take an hour or something. Uh, we're going to be there to pray for people. We're going to be there to hand out some things, minister to people, and just to love people. That's it. That's all you got to do. If you can love people, you're in. Okay, we need you. All right. Underneath that, the one of the hungriest groups of people I've ever seen are coming to Connection again. Um, that would be the Mount Vernon football team. Now listen, these dudes can put away some food. So, if you can help out with that, um, I have the biscuits and gravy covered currently right now, but if you can help out with that, uh, one, of, uh, one of my friends, uh, a couple years ago, we've been doing this for, I think this is the third year, uh, two years ago he said, hey, do you think they like sausage? Duh. <laughs> He brought in 10 pounds of sausage links, and I'll have one word to describe what happened. Destruction. Those kids came in and just mopped the place with it. So we're, we're in need of some cinnamon rolls or, or whatever you want, uh, but we need some help with mi milk and juice and stuff like that. Um, and I just want to say thank you for coming this morning. I'm so glad to see you. I'm not going to be preaching very long, but I have some things to say. Uh, December 16th and 19th, if you know of a college student or you are a college student, December 16th through 19th, and I know some, of you, some people are like, well, that's December. Well, it's like 130-something days till Christmas. I know. Some of you are like, I hate you. <laughs> it's coming, okay? It's coming. We, we start. Now, I, what I did here is I was, sitting up, I was standing up here when we were doing worship, and the first song that they played was, Oh, Happy Day. I heard some parents just almost screaming this song, and I'm not sure if it was the song or you're happy that school starts this week. <laughs> and then some of the kids are like, Ooh. oh, happy day. At the end, uh, if, you are, if you are a student, and adults are going to have a part in this as well, um, but uh, you've, you've chosen to be at Connection on a very special day, not only because you can hear these, these young people and these adults speak, um, but at the end, if you are a student, 
and we can't because of security reasons bring, bring uh, all of the students out of, out of Kids Rock. I hope you guys can understand that. But um, we are going to have all of our students come here. And all of the adults are going to lay hands on them, around them, and we're going to commission them. And we're going to send them out into their schools. Because there's people in our community and the communities around here that these kids go to school with, these students go to school with, that do not have a clue who Jesus Christ is. And we're, we're going to pray for those kids as they go out and whoever they come in contact with people that, they, that they, they can share, that they can live a life that looks like, hey, I don't have that. And we're going to do that. So this is a very special, special day. You're going to hear from junior high students um, that may say a couple things, maybe, we're hoping. Uh, some high school students uh, that may say a little bit more uh, or not. Uh, you're going to hear from some college-age students um, some graduated from college and some adults this morning, and they all have one thing in common, and that's how God has impacted their life and what they've got to impact um, the world and with his word. But beyond that, I hope that you don't see today that we're putting on a show. This is all about Jesus. This is all about God. It's all about how you're going to see these individuals from age 10 to Adults that are not 10. The whole spectrum of how God can use us. If you have your Bibles, look at Matthew chapter 28 with me. And starting in verse 18. Some of you are very familiar with this. And like, yeah, this is the Great Commission. Okay, that's what it's called. In verse, in verse 18 through 20, uh, the last chapter of Matthew, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's giving them some final earthly instructions. If you've ever been with a family member... Now, I want to show you this. If you've ever been a family member that has been near the end of their life, and you've had a chance to converse with them, chances are those words don't leave here. It's kind of a last-minute, I love you. It's a last-minute, hey, I need you to do this, or I want you to do this, or live your life. The last thing that I said to my grandpa, uh, my mom's father, in 2001, he passed away. The last time I talked with him, I preached at his church. And if you knew my grandpa, that was very odd because he was a pastor for 44 years. And he preached in his church. But the last time I talked to him, he had met my wife one time. And uh, he said, hey, how's that, how's that girlfriend? And I said, I'm going to marry her. And he said, I'll be praying for you. love you. And two weeks later, he went on to be with his heavenly father in heaven. But it's those types of words that you don't forget. So here Jesus is at the end of his earthly ministry. He's getting ready to ascend back to the father. And he's, he's talking with his close, close, close friends. All of these disciples would be, would be uh, martyred for their faith uh, or, or attempted to be martyred by their faith. And in verse 18, Jesus gives us these instructions. If you, if you underline in your Bible, this is a fantastic place to underline. And if you have your Bible app, you can click on the verse, and it will, it will segment it, underline, and you can go to the bottom and click a color, and you can underline it that way. Um, and then it'll, it'll save it for you. You can go back and look at it later. But it says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Number one, it's a statement, it's a reminder to them. This is some of the last words that he said to these guys, and it's a reminder of how big he is. I love the last song that we sing. 
Uh, some of our camp kids, uh, we sang that at camp. Uh, that's a, it's a great song. It sounded phenomenal. I wish we could have mic'd the whole place. You guys sound great. But if you look at the bridge of that song, the very last song is all the poor and powerless. It says, shout it. Go on and scream it from the mountains. What are they going to scream? Jesus. What is the message in one word that the whole entire world needs to hear? Jesus. <laughs> Period. So when the song says, shout it. Go on and scream it from the mountains. Go on and tell it to the masses. I want you to be excited because you're a part of a church. You're a part of a church that puts the money where their mouth is. And they say, missions are important. The Great Commission is important. And some of these students that are going to be on the stage, many of them, many of them, Connection has helped support in their ministries here in the United States, at camp, or internationally. That's what your money does, in part. So you're going to see today why the, the benefits of, of giving. But when Jesus says, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth, he's saying, listen, you know who I am. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. And he says, okay, so as long as we're clear that I have been given all authority on earth, and that includes giving you instruction, so he gives him this really, really plain, but very, very hard to do instruction right here. He says this, go. We, we, sometimes we talk about being in spiritual ruts here, and not here, but just people in our life in general. We can get in ruts and spin our tires. Jesus says, I want you to go. I don't want you to stay still. I want you to go. However you need to. I want you, uh, there's a sign in a gym that I used to teach in. It says, if you, can't, uh, if, if you can, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. And if you can't crawl, try. You can't stay stuck. So when Jesus given, notice this. He doesn't say, hey guys, what do you think about this? This is, this, is, this is kind of a comical thing. Jesus, sometimes we think of it like, oh, what's my choice? What can I, is it my choice to do that? And he says, listen, I've been given all authority in heaven. Go and make disciples of all nations. Mount Vernon, Waltonville, Blueford, Wayne City, Colombia, Romania, Slovakia, Australia, wherever. The nations are everywhere. And he says this, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, this is, this is, this is a huge deal, and, and I can't express to you enough. Jack mentioned this earlier. I can't express this to you enough. How thankful I am to be a part of a church that builds up young people, and we mentor adults, and we mentor other people to train them to walk closer to Jesus Christ. You have to understand how important this process is. It's the, it's the original plan. Teach people. Walk through life with people. Be there for people. I had a very emotional day yesterday. I married uh, the, first, it's the first player that I've coached that I, that I got the opportunity and honor to, to marry them in the ceremony. And if that's any inclination to how hard it's going to be with my daughters, it's not good because that was a mess. But it was, an, it was an honor because I know her, I know her husband, I met with them, they're followers of Jesus. God is taking them on a grand adventure, they're moving out to Ohio, and I cannot wait to see. We, she's talked with me, hey, do you know any churches? Look, do you have anybody out there that I can hook up with? Because I want to keep going on this discipleship stuff. Yes, I'll find somebody. In verse 20, he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. A lot, of time, a lot of times, mom and dad 
are very vital in this. You teach your kids how God has affected your life, how he's taught you, ways that he's used to teach you, consequences sometimes for not following him. It's a learning process. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is what we need to do. Sometimes we say, I'm all alone. It's like the donkey on Shrek. Anybody seen Shrek? People, this is a good movie. I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me, right? My favorite part is when he makes waffles, okay? But we, we, we often, when we, we, go through this, we go through this life, it's happened to me this week. You're not, you're not unsusceptible for this happening to you, okay? If you're a follower of Christ, you can go through different times in your life where you say, I'm all alone. It doesn't feel, listen, I'm married, I have a great marriage with my wife. But sometimes life happens and I think, I am just so alone. I'm doing this all by myself, God. Okay, listen, if you're talking to God, you realize that he's understanding you. And if you're talking to God and he's understanding you and he's listening to you, you're not alone. But Satan wants to put you in a closet, shut the door, say, Matt, you're all alone. You're the only one that struggles with this. Listen, if you're here, if you're here, you need to understand one thing about connection. If you don't have five minutes, don't ask somebody from connection how their week was. They'll tell you. <laughs> they will. I don't have everything going on that's right. I don't have everything going on that's fantastic. But listen to me. When Jesus says, be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, this would have been exceptionally comforting to these guys. Because this group, this group of men were thrown in prison. They were drugged behind horses. They were, they were crucified upside down. They were crucified in the shapes of an X. Uh, one of them was boiled in oil and exiled. Okay, this is not... A life, but if you read, especially in Fox's book of martyrs, if it's a, it's a book about people that died for their faith, if you read in there, many of these people are going to what would be the end of their life, and they're doing it in a very, very strange way. They're doing it with joy. If you've ever seen the movie The End of the Spear, it talks about the missionaries going to the, to the, to the jungle, and I'm not going to ruin anything for you. But they go talk to these, these, native, these native Americans in this, in this place, and they're violent. And there's one part in the movie where the guy says, it would be easier to just go home. And, he, and the other one says, yes, but that's not where we're called. Would it not be amazing if God began to work with our, with our adults that put into young kids, and they taught them in Kids Rock and, and in the youth and in, in, in college age and connect groups, and, and all of a sudden... We have these youth, these young adults come forward, these couples come forward and say, send me. I'll go. Wow. You're getting ready to meet some of them. That they, they volunteer. That's, that's, that's hard for us adults because we look at the kids and go, oh, good job, kids. Good job. Send me, I'll go. Yeah, go, 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 go. If you're not dead, you're still called to the Great Commission. If you're not dead, you're still called. If you're still breathing in this world, you are called here. Why is it important? Because somebody told you. Maybe more than one person. Maybe people, in, in a group of people put into you. It takes a village. It did with me. <laughs> so when Jesus is telling this, and, and some of us may have read this a thousand times before, but I wonder, when's the last time that we said, God... And we ask a very, very, very difficult question. Where do you want me to go? Maybe it is to General Tire. Maybe it's to Walgreens or wherever you work in a school. 
wherever you go to school currently. What if God said, hey, I want you here. I want you involved with this ministry. I need you to help with first impressions. I need you, Matt, to clean toilets. It's all part of sharing with people the love that God has had for you and has for other people. If you have your worship handout, look at this, the first blank. It says, we are to take the gospel to the nations, period. There's not an option, okay? It doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say, hey, if it's cool with you, go ahead. If you want to, do you understand, do you understand if your parents came in the room and I, I, this never happened, I don't think, uh, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, and I'm not having selective memory. I just really don't think that this happened. I don't think that my mom ever come in and said, hey, if you have time, could you take out the trash? No. That, no. It didn't happen that way in my house. It was, hey, I need you to take out the trash. Or, or please, okay, it wasn't mean. Like, I need you to take out the trash. Now, selectively, I may or may not have done that because I had a Nintendo. And we all know the Nintendo got in the way of all kinds of things. But there wasn't an option when I, when I, when I was younger. And whenever Emma was, uh, whenever Emma was baptized, the very same thing with me. When I asked her about connections, she said, my mom and dad put me in the car seat and they brought me to connection. I didn't have a choice. She was so young. I was voluntold that I was going to church. I got up in the morning and I tried to play it off. And I said, dad, I'm sick this morning. I can't go to church. He goes, okay. Um, well, go ahead and get dressed. We're going. <laughs> now, there were, there were occasions when I was legit sick. But there were many occasions that, that, that I was like, I don't want to go. Boring. I can, you can only draw so many things on a bulletin. Oh, we don't have any of those people, do we? Artists on the bulletins? Some of you leave your worship handouts and I see your artwork. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. But we're to take this gospel to the nations. We don't have a choice. This is not God saying voluntold. This is God saying I command you to go. Command. That doesn't mean that you have to go live in Antarctica for the rest of your life. Some people that might, but not everybody. It's going, I want you to live your life on mission. Connection is a missional church. We do whatever we can and whatever, anything short of sinning. I've told that people, anything short of sinning that we can tell somebody about Jesus Christ, we're going to do it. So we're going to go give things away on August 25th. We're going to feed a football team. Some of those guys that come in here, some of those coaches that come in here have no clue who Jesus is. And we're going to tell them because we're not at school and they're eating our food. And we will tell them about Jesus. But if you were a junior high student, a high school student, a college student, or an adult, I would like for you to join me up here on this stage. Keep in mind, some of, these, some of these young people may be a little bit nervous, and that's okay. If you want to get in line on this side, start with Emma. You can be right here. Voluntold. <laughs> I, want you to look, I want you to look at this. If you are a church, if there is a church that doesn't have this, they're dying. They are. This, these young people here, this is not the church of the future. This is the church of right now. And it is our job, and it's going to be assigned to you later. It is our job to teach them, to pray for them, to lift them up, to mentor them, and to teach them what God has taught us. So Emma and Sawyer went to the junior high camp at Lake Salatiska from July 7th to the 10th. 
Uh, they were part of the, of the junior high camp. So here's this. You can hold that. And the question for them is, what were two of the three, or two or three of your favorite things about church camp? Yeah, it's on. Um, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things that, that I did at camp was the activities um, and the family time. Okay, family time. Okay, cool. Thank you. You have a seat. They like it when I have to have a seat. Sawyer, what are a couple things, what's a couple, two or three things that you liked about church camp at, at Lake Southeast Cast? One thing I enjoyed at camp was the slide. The water slide. The slip and die. <laughs> and the uh, singing that they had at chapel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, did they sing loud? Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah. If you guys are interested, I can show you some Facebook pages that you can go to, and you can look at videos of worship. And I'm talking, it's, it's 100 and, I think there was 127 junior high students plus staff, and the high school was 121 plus staff. And it was just amazing. If you take... I don't have it on me, but you take your cell phones away from kids for a week, and they encounter God's word, uh, life change happens. All right, high schoolers, PJ, what's one thing that you enjoyed about camp, and what's one thing that God did in your life at camp? Um, one thing I enjoyed about camp was um, a Bible class that we did with Jacob, and just talking to the other guys about Jesus it was really cool. What was your discipleship about? Or it was about discipleship. I ruined that for him. It was about discipleship Bible study. Yeah, go ahead. And then one thing God did for me at camp was show me how to identify your giants and things that are stopping you from sharing God's word around the world. Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Tristan. What's one thing that you enjoyed about camp? Um, Bible class, definitely. Bible class. What's one thing that you think God did in your life at camp? Um, broke down plenty of walls. Hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we also, we also helped, uh, we had another, another high schooler, uh, Micah went, Micah Kloster went with high schoolers, and also uh, Anya, uh, if you got to meet Anya when she was staying with, tra- uh, with Jason and Sarah, uh, she's from Slovakia, uh, we're going to find out maybe some stuff uh, from her a little bit later, but uh, it was uh, a great time to have her, she caught her first fish ever. Uh, and she was pumped. <laughs> There's a lake that we can, they did, they had a fishing activity, and uh, it, it, like the, it was like the third day that she caught it. She had tried for two days and not caught a fish, and, and she comes by, and, and she didn't, I don't think she has muscles to literally frown. I don't think that she can. And she walked by, and I said, hey, are you having a good time? Oh, yes. I said, what are you going to do? Off to fishing. And I said, <laughs> and I said, have you caught one? She goes, not yet, but I hope today's the day. <laughs> She, she has, her nice button is like this big, okay, she, her maybe mean button's a bit this big. Okay, Colleen, uh, what did uh, God do in your life at camp? Will you share a little bit about what you do at camp, you and your sister? Okay, so for the last five summers, the Lord has given um, Victoria and I the opportunity to serve as IBSA summer missionaries for Lake Salatiska. So from the month, uh, like kind of towards the end of May all the way through August, we actually live on site all summer. Um, we don't sleep, we drink lots of coffee, um, but basically we just live there all summer and we just serve. So we cook three meals a day, we clean um, cabins when camps are done, we run the slip and slide that somebody was talking about, um, and we just serve um, 
we do various like rec um, activities like all throughout the summer, but I mean, we're literally busy from like sun up until sundown. But seriously, it's the greatest job I could ever have. <laughs> Set the standards pretty high. Um, but yeah, so um, we get to serve there all summer. Um, what a phenomenal um, opportunity that is, but we also get to serve for one week um, as camp counselors during the week of Greater Wabash, which was the week um, that we were all there. Um, and this summer, I'm, when I say that camp is like my favorite year out of the entire summer, like I am not lying. It seriously is like my favorite week out of the entire summer. Um, and this year was no different. This year I got to serve at camp in two different capacities that I had never done before. I got to be a mom for a family for the first time and I got to lead a high school girls Bible study. Let me tell you, being in charge of 10 eight-year-olds for four days in a row, straight exhausting. <laughs> Holy cow, was it exhausting. But let me tell you, getting to live life with those eight-year-olds for four straight days, like nothing is more contagious than their joy just to learn about Jesus. Like that, I think the pop um, for my family was Patrick. He goes to Casey First Baptist. But um, at the end of the week, we were just discussing that. I mean, if you want to just catch a joy, um, that is so contagious, like, seriously, go hang out with our Kids Rock kids. Like, they seriously have such a joy to learn about the Lord, and oh my goodness, like, we could learn from them just as, like, just as much as they could learn from us. Um, and then the second thing I got to do was lead a high school girls Bible study, um, and the very first day of camp, I walked right on into the chapel, I got my packet, and I saw that I was leading a high school girls Bible study about evangelism, and I walked straight up to our director, Mark, and I said, so listen, is there a reason why I am teaching a high school girls Bible study about evangelism? They already know the gospel. Why am I teaching it to them? Like this seems kind of like redundant. Like why, why am I doing this? And he, his straightforward answer to me was because they need to know. I said, okay, this is going to go great. This is going to go great. No, it's not. <laughs> I think it's going to go great. Inside I was like, this is not going to go great whatsoever. And let me tell you, first Bible study went terribly, like terribly. And I say that in that I almost felt like I was just preaching to a room of nobody. Like no girls were engaging, everybody looked bored, like I was so discouraging. And so I stomped out of Bible study and I was so discouraged because I was like, I don't understand why I'm teaching this Bible study. These girls already know it. Like what is the point? And then I ran into a guy by the name of Brad Davidson. And if any of you have ever met him, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But he was like, Colleen, what is wrong? Like, mind you not, just met this dude, like, I don't know, maybe 12 hours ago. And I was like, Brad, I'm teaching this Bible study. And let me tell you, it went terrible. I was like, all these girls are bored. I just, like, I don't understand why I'm, like, teaching them something that they already know. And Brad, to me, said one of the most profound things I have, like, it will stick to me forever. And he basically said to me, he was like, Colleen, if the gospel, like every, if every time the Lord gives you the opportunity to present the gospel, if that doesn't excite you, then something is wrong. Okay, Brad. <laughs> I didn't want to hear that. But with that being said, I mean, I basically, Brad should have just smacked me in the face with a two by four. Because that, I mean, whew, that was a tough pill to swallow just in realizing that. I had no excitement to teach these girls the gospel, regardless of if they had ever heard it or not. And so I, at that point in time, I was like, okay, alrighty, 
so this is what I'm going to do. And I just, at that point in time, I just decided to be transparent with my girls. And let me tell you, the theme of our camp was Giants Fall. And I get it, adults, we, it's so easy for us to say, yeah, I have Giants in my life. A through Z, I could give you a list. But let me tell you, high schoolers have Giants in their lives too. Like, do they have Giants? And so from that point on, I was able to just be transparent with them, like, girls, like, we need to be excited for the gospel to share it. And if you're not, that's okay. Because guess what? I wasn't either. Um, and just from being transparent, I saw the Lord. Um, Tristan said that one thing that he learned from camp was just um, that the Lord just kind of broke down his walls. When I tell you that these high school girls had walls built up the size of Mount Everest from their giants, I'm not even kidding you. And it just took me being transparent to them about the giants in my life, the fact that I wasn't excited to preach the gospel to these girls, that I saw the Lord slowly just tear down the walls in their life. And I just saw the Lord give me an excitement to go, um, to just live life with these girls, to share the gospel with these girls. And I also got to walk through some of their giants with them because guess what? God doesn't waste a giant in your life. And so many of those giants those girls had in high school were the exact giants that I did. And some of the most encouraging words you could ever tell a high school girl is, me too. I also struggled with that. And so I'm just thankful for camp this year. The Lord has just given me a whole new excitement to just um, share the gospel with everybody. And it was just so, it was just so life-giving to just live life with those girls and to just, just to encourage them and to understand that, like, me too. Like, I have those giants. You do too. It's okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Victoria. Well, we might be twins, but our story is really similar. It's kind of <laughs> crazy. What did God do in your life at camp? Oh, okay. Well, so as Colleen said, like, camp is literally one of my <laughs> favorite weeks of the summer. But um, I could definitely tell, like, as camp was approaching, like, I was not excited, which is so discouraging to me, but also I'm slowly walking through a season of life of discouragement, like it's just less than encouraging, um, and so with that I was just not excited, and like my prayer through camp was that like there would just be little pathways of just encouragement, but all I kept was getting discouragement, so, um, but as the week progressed from junior high to senior high, um, the Lord just kept teaching me, if I have brought you to it, I'm going to bring you through it. And that was just something that was, like, in my mind all week. And I was just like, okay, if the Lord has brought me here, he is going to use me somehow, even though I have no idea how he's going to use me. And he is going to get me through it. And so, um, like PJ said, because he was in my family, we had actually encouraged our kids for our skit to come up with a giant in their life because we all have them, whether we want to acknowledge its presence in our life, that's completely different. Um, and so with that, when um, I challenged the kids to come up with a um, giant, they did not want to come up with one. We, they waited to the last like day, like the day of um, our skit night to actually come up with something. And like they were just, they just didn't want to acknowledge it all week. And it wasn't until, I don't know why, but I was stuck out of flag football. And <laughs> I don't know anything about flag football. And, but some of my girls in my family were actually there. <laughs> Um, I didn't play flag football. I kind of just sat on the sides, actually, which the Lord put me there for a specific reason because there were three girls in my family that played flag football. And that, like that one specific day I was out there, they, um, they sat down by me. They're like, Victoria, I just don't want to play. And I was like, cool, let's talk. And so I asked them, and I was like, so have you been like praying about what 
the Lord wants you to write on your board for your cardboard testimony. You're like, no. And I was like, shocker. It's been all week. <laughs> I was like, time is, time is getting a little close. And so with that, um, also like Colleen said, I got to the point where I was just like, I'm in a season of discouragement. And like, I had to be real with these girls. I sat down and I was, I had to open up first before these girls had to open up. And I just was like, let me tell you about my life and what's going on. And when I tore down my walls, they tore down theirs. And it was such a humbling experience just to see that, like, even though, like, I was, I was definitely at my low during camp, I was not at a high, that the Lord was still able to use me um, just to, like, show these girls that there is hope. And, like, we do have giants in our life. Again, they have walls probably built up more than some of us adults, and they they have a mask probably better than half of ours. Like, they want everyone to think that it's okay, and it's, like, truly not. So just me being open and transparent with them, like, allowed them to tear them down, and then they were able to come up with their giants. And with that, like, now they're able to um, seek the Lord and how to, like, overcome these giants. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Madeline, Madeline, Lauren, and Seth, why don't you share about where you, where you got to go, what you got to do? Okay, so our experience is a little bit different than everybody else's. Um, every summer, we attend Impeach, and it's, it is a church camp, but it's also like a big mission trip all in one. And every day, we pretty much do the same things at camp, you know, get up, have morning worship, that sort of thing. But then at about 10 o'clock in the morning, we get sent off campus, and um, we go out to ministry sites, and we're there for most of the day. And they could be, I mean, Seth and I, we were at a homeless shelter, and I don't know where you were. Oh, okay. I was, um, we're, we're split into different track groups. And so there's, what was your track group? Oh, the, no, they were, they were PCY, which is painting, yard work, and construction. And mine was um, social. So with social, you could be with, like, anybody. You could be working with kids. You could be working with elderly. So I was, I was, okay, so I was not, like, looking forward to it at all because we're, it's a long bus ride. It's like, how many hours was it? Like, 14-hour bus ride. So, yeah, we went to Lynchburg, Virginia, so that's a really long bus ride. So I was like, I'm not looking forward to riding on this bus with all these people. But then, once I'm always excited to get split into track groups, and I was excited whenever I got social because that's my favorite one. And then, <laughs> okay, and then um, I found out the first day that we were going to help special needs, and I was like, how can you spread the gospel to special needs? I was like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to say. So then I was, I was dreading it the whole day. And then we got there, and they were all in there. And then uh, everyone was kind of awkward at first. We didn't know what to do. And then um, then I just, I just I was like, Lord, okay, I'm here for a reason. I just need to pray. So I prayed, and then about a couple minutes later, I got really into it. And it was such a, like, blessing because you can really spread the gospel with everybody. People think, oh yeah, you can't, you can't spread the gospel to them because of this. No, they can really touch you in a way that you can never be touched by anybody else. So it was such a blessing just to work with special needs the whole week. So that was why. Awesome. Did she cover it? Did she cover it? <laughs> I'll just kind of speak for Seth and I, but um, this side, <laughs> um, just a little bit more background on the ministry site that we went to. It was called the Lighthouse, and 
it's, it's not really a homeless shelter, but it kind of is in a way. Really, they have pretty much everything that you can cover with ministry sites. They have a prison ministry uh, side of thing. They have counseling. They have, um, like, a hot meal at lunch. They have Bible studies that they host there. Um, they have a bike ministry for people that have just been released from prison. You know, just they can't get vehicles, just trying to get around. And um, they also um, own a bunch of houses. And so when people come out of prison, um, that was actually one of the things we did. We went into some homes that they had recently bought and kind of cleared them out and cleaned them up for people to live in them as soon as they get out of prison. But um, so that's pretty much what we did in the day. And uh, we did just kind of a lot of clearing and building and scraping and cleaning sewer and just the nastiest jobs. But the coolest thing about that, one thing that really got to me was, you know, you think about homeless people and you don't know, everybody's homeless for a different reason. People are in bad situations and you think, oh, that's their fault. They made those choices. They've done bad things. But I've never seen so many people with absolutely nothing be so happy to come into somewhere and learn about God and just fellowship with people. Those people there, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. it it's just crazy. They come and they just sit for five hours at a time just talking to people about God, and they, they don't have anything, but yet they come every single day. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come in just to that building a day that's only open for five hours a day. And it's just it just really humbles me in a way because it's crazy to think, wow, I have everything, and yet these people are more on fire for God than I am. And so that's just a really humbling experience, and it just really resets my heart on fire for ministry and just really ministering to these people and helping out in any way that we can. Thank you very much. Danielle. Danielle got to hang out in Florida all summer. Tell us about that. So I went to the um, camper project this summer in Tampa, Florida with my college outreach group. Um, The camper project is like this nine-week program that we go, and it's all about discipleship. Um, During the day, they had us working in Bush Gardens because we are in college and we have to make some money. So they have a a contract with Bush Gardens that 120 of us get to come in and work for nine weeks, and then we get to leave. Um, So we had all different jobs there. Some of us were working at food carts like I was. Some of us were operating the rides. Um, Different people were, like, cleaning grounds and picking up trash. So it wasn't a fun job, but... Um, it did pay us some. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, while we were there, we got to build a lot of relationships with our coworkers that were there full time. Um, we got to talk to them about Jesus and like what they believed, because a lot of them didn't really know what they believed. They weren't unsure. They hadn't really thought about it. Um, so we got to talk to them. Some of them even came to church with us, which was really cool to see how they were getting plugged in while we were there. Hopefully they're still going. Hopefully some of the other locals were able to talk to them there. Um, during the evenings, we would have trainings where we would go, um, and then they would teach us like about how to read the Bible and actually get something out of it, because you can read it a lot, and it's still not impact your life. Um, we had trainings on evangelism, so they would teach us different ways to um, start a conversation with people, um, and then direct it into how to share the gospel with them. And then after that training, they would actually send us out to different parts of Tampa, um, like we went to Ybor City, which is like a big strip of malls and um, bars and different things like that. And they would have us go up to strangers and talk to them and be like, hey, what do you believe? Um, and can I tell you what I believe? So that was really cool and really pushed me out of my comfort zone to do that. Um, we went to the mall 
We went to the beach sometimes to share there. Um, so it was really cool to see what people believed. We met some Christians there, but a lot of people were just like, yeah, we believe a spiritual thing. But they couldn't tell you what that was. Like, they had no idea. So that was really cool. And then at the end of, like, the last week that we were there, they taught us um, different ways that we can go back to school and be able to share with our friends and um, even just people we're meeting and how to make connections with people um, where we can, like, take that relationship and, like, bring it to bring those people to church and share the gospel with them and just walk through life with them um, because they emphasize that discipleship isn't just sharing the gospel with people once and then being done. It's walking through life with them. Um, they called it life-on-life life discipleship. So you're going through life with them. And even if they don't come to know Jesus in a year, you still pray for them and you still share with them because that's the best way to make an impact. So it's cool to see what God did this summer and excited to see what he's doing. Thank you very much. Todd Neiman went to camp all week, junior high and high school. Biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> <laughs> what did God do in your life at camp? Kept me awake for a week. <laughs> he kept me awake for a week. <laughs> it's, um, for me, anytime I get to play music for the Lord, that's me using my talents and my abilities, um, and I get a great blessing from it. So I got the opportunity to play in the worship band for a week at Salatiska, um, but I also, more importantly, got the opportunity to connect with a lot of the junior campers and a lot of the high school kids. And <laughs> something Colleen said, like, you know, managing all these young kids for, you know, four days is exhausting. We had them in our cabin, junior campers, for, we had 12 four junior campers for four days, and it's a madhouse. You walk outside for two minutes, and you walk back in, and somebody's <laughs> swinging from the chandelier, and the other person's throwing this, and there's clothes all over the place, and, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's quite the experience that I'd never been around, like, that many of them in one place at one time, and it's actually quite frightening, but, <laughs> but we managed, <laughs> we managed to make it through that. Um, on the serious side, I, I, I guess I seek God, and I seek God in church, and I seek God in my life. And when I went to Salatiska, I had no idea what I was going to encounter there, which was God every single day from sunup to sundown. Put yourself in a place where you're in a cabin, you're on property that's beautiful and obviously just tranquil and peaceful and a great escape. Take away your cell phone. Take away all your, everybody's cell phones. Put those off to one side, and all you're focused on is the people around you. And it changes your life. It'll change your, your perspective on a lot of things. Um, getting the opportunity to share, like Colleen was talking about, when you get real with the younger people and you show them who you really are and you're not afraid to let them see inside of you, they're going to let you see inside of them too. And I think it helps because you make connections with them and they look and they don't feel like they're all alone in the world anymore. Like the problems that they have, you can talk to them and say, I've lived that. I understand where you're coming from. And I had a couple of opportunities to share some of the more difficult parts of my life at opportune times with younger people that are going through those same struggles that I went through. And everybody has their story. Everybody has their difficult things that they faced. So everybody 
has something that at some point in your life you're going to connect with somebody else and they're going to look at you and realize you, you really do understand how I feel. And when you talk to them, you can see the burden lift and you can see that they feel better. They just feel like they're not alone anymore. I, like I said, I could get into details on a couple of things, but um, those experiences will stay there. But it was wonderful just to be able to use some of the more painful things that out of my life um, in a constructive way to help other people. And you could definitely see God moving among these kids. Um, I want to say this morning, you all sounded. I was standing up here playing, and when everybody was singing, I thought, what an appropriate day for this because you sounded like the kids of Lake Salatiska, which happened every night while we were there. And um, it's, it's really um, a blessing to me, and I'm sure to everybody who plays up here, to hear that and to experience that and to know that you're actually getting something from what we're doing. I would say to anybody, if you, if you feel like, oh, I'm not cut out for ministry, well, you know, that's, you, got, you, you guys do that. You're outgoing. You have an extroverted personality. Look at you. You can even stand up on a stage and talk. Ministry is sitting down one-on-one -on -one and talking to the person next to you. And I think for a lot of my life, I felt like ministry was something like the pastor does. The pastor does ministry. You have to be called and you have to be paid to do that. That's ministry. I'm not cut out for that. I can't do that. But you start to learn that ministry is just who you are as you walk around every day and the people that you interact with. You can minister to everyone around you in some way. And I think that the opportunity of Lake Salatiska was an opportunity to minister to the young people, share experiences with them, pray with them, maybe give them a little guidance or share some life experience with them to maybe help point them in the direction that they needed to go in to seek God in your life and understand that the experiences of the giants that you're facing, they're there for a reason and you will overcome them just like David overcame Goliath. I think I talked to Matt about this, and something that struck me about the David and Goliath story was, you know, Goliath was there every day, and all God was waiting for was for David to show up for somebody just to say yes. And when somebody said yes, the giant fell. So it was quite a, quite, um, a tiring week, an exhausting week, an emotionally draining week, but what a great week. You know, and I, I would encourage anybody who has never been or done anything like that to make the effort to find the time, to find the finances, to step out and do something. Um, because it doesn't just bless the people that you work with, but the blessing that I receive from it is far greater to me. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks, man. Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess for me, Lake Salatiska has always been Matt's thing. You know, we've been married for 15 years, and for the last 15 years, he's always had that week that he's gone to Lake Salatiska, and I've always come up with other things to do. Um, you know, before, I could just have the week to myself. You know, when we had kids, well, I got to stay home and take the care of the kids, or I'm going to take them to my mom's, and we're going to have a week there, you know. So there's always excuses to not go, and this year, when Emma decided she wanted to go, and she says, Mom, I'd really like for you to go be in my cabin, it's like, well, okay. So I really got to thinking about it, and... I was really glad that I did go this year because um, it was a great week. I mean, like you've heard from everyone else. Um, I was just really humbled the whole week. Um, I got the opportunity to play in the worship band and sing. And, you know, looking out when all of these kids are raising their hands and they are worshiping God, it's just like, 
you know, I mean, I couldn't look up because I, I had to look down because I couldn't see because I was starting to get really emotional because, I mean, everything was just so genuine. Um, I really enjoyed the opportunity to be in a cabin with the girls and um, just watching them get to know each other. And I got the opportunity to get to know them, too. And, you know, we just very simply brought some string and we all sat around in this circle and we made friendship bracelets, you know, and as they were sitting there just braiding string, they just got to talking and they got to know each other and I got to know them and, you know, asking questions and different things like that. And it was just really cool. Um, what else was I going to say? I had all kinds of things I was going to say, but I can't remember. Um, but anyway, the most important thing was I was just really humbled and it was just such an amazing week and just a great experience. So I would encourage you if you can find the time like what Todd said to go, it's amazing. Hey. Would you share with the church where it's just a snapshot? If you want to, if you want to talk with these ladies at, at greater depth about where they were and what they did, we can't possibly do all of that right now. But give them just a quick snapshot of where you went and what you did. Okay. Um, so last summer, I was able to spend five weeks in Zimbabwe, and with that, um, it was more like discipleship. I got to live life with a group of college age students, and I, while I was living life with them, I got to shovel chicken poop and so just mm -hmm. getting like life was super messy and so I just got to live life with them and just show them like what it truly means to like follow the Lord in a relationship more than just I know him and I also this past spring break of my college um, I got to go to Bogota Colombia and with that that was more of an evangelism um, trip because in Bogota we partnered with in the name go in the name missions and they are church planting a church in Sawacha, which is the poorest um, community in Bogota. So that was just really cool that we got to like go out in the community, and I saw so many people led to the Lord. So That's Bogota great. and Zimbabwe. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Camilla, share with us where you, where you really like to go. Okay. Um, so since 2011, I have had the awesome opportunity to go to Romania, which is like way over that way eastern europe like just keep going you'll eventually get there i guess um but yes so while we're over there we stay in an orphanage and so we work along with like 20 21 kids usually is our number and we work in the village and surrounding villages we do lots of like outreaches and like bible studies we um we visit like all the widows in the villages and we bring them food we do like food pantries and stuff like that um, we work with the Crisis Pregnancy Center, which is a really new thing over in Romania, but it's a really good thing, too. Um, one of the biggest things that we do now that I just absolutely love, and God, oh my gosh, he just works in such incredible ways, um, we do Camp Hope. And Camp Hope is where we take these kids out of this village. Um, they, a lot of them, don't may not know who their parents are. They are just completely poverty-stricken. They don't know where their next meal is coming from don't have a roof over their heads, they're out in the fields working by the time they're seven, and then we take them out of this environment, and we're like, hey, let's be kids, like, let's just go have fun, let's learn about God, let's see what's really going on, and um, just, just let them live and not have to worry, and this year at camp was just, my eyes were just, like, open to so much, because 
these kids, I've grown with them over the last couple of years, and they're accepting God now. Um, at first, it was all just walls, and it was just stories, and that's not for me. I can't do that. Like, I'm not perfect enough. I, I make too many mistakes. I do too many bad things. But this year, um, there were just so many kids that you can just see the childlike faith and the hope that they have now that we've gotten to the opportunity to instill in them that our hope is through God. Like, they're in these awful situations that are just unbearable and completely unimaginable to us as Americans, and we're so privileged. And they now, at five years old, um, they have this hope in God, and they sing the song, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. And they scream it at the top of their lungs, like, all through campus. Hmm. The greatest thing ever. But that just really touched my heart this year. And, um, yeah, it's, like, my favorite place to be. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I will, I, will post, uh, I will post the last two blanks on the worship handout on Facebook as soon as this service is over. But if I could have all of the students, um, junior high, high school, homeschooled, public school, college, master's degrees, uh, wherever you, whatever you're doing, I'd like for you guys to come and just stand right here. And if I could invite all the adults that want to, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to commission these young people. And we're going to lay hands on them, around them. If you want to, if you want to be a part of this, just come on forward. Uh, just put your hands on uh, some kids' shoulders. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to remind them of who is here. Uh, they're going to be in school, but we're going to remind them who's here, praying for them. And we're going to send them out. Uh, Jake Caps is going to pray for us. He's going to pray over these students. And uh, we just, uh, after, after, after Jake says amen, we are, we are dismissed. We just let the people keep coming. Uh, let these people keep coming, keep coming. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. And if you're out there and you couldn't come up, just pray for us, pray with us, and, and pray for these students. Go ahead, Jake.